You are now listening to Cult Cinema Catacombs. These films exist. watch titanic 666 at some point so, so so again you're saying i need to watch titanic 666 where's yeah. this at tubi i mean of, tubi? Course. of course it's on tubi of course of course it's on tubi but it has chris hardwick's wife okay who is a hearst as you know mm-hmm. it has anna lynn mccord it has jamie i forget his last name but the battlestar galactica jamie Okay. Um, so not Jamie Kennedy. No, as far as I know, Jamie Kennedy did not appear in this film. Okay. But it is an unhinged movie, and especially watching it as close to uh, <laughs> all the did. events events happen. Yeah. <laughs> see, I'm going to see one. Welcome to Cult Cinema Academy. Yeah, by sure. The way. Uh, hey everybody, it's our fifth <laughs> anniversary. Welcome What's to our up? fifth anniversary month. Um, uh, see, I'm actually getting ready on. July 11th, I'm going to uh, the Texas Theater to watch one. I just watched the trailer for today, and holy shit tons. Um, What what is it? Which one is it? Well, every month they do this series called Tuesday Night Trash. Sure. Usually it's on the first Thursday, I mean first Tuesday of this month, but this year, the first Tuesday of this month is on the 4th of July. So they decided to wait till the 11th to do it instead. Now, normally... They will do movies that are from the 70s or the 80s or the early 90s and may not have made maybe the jump from VHS okay. or from regular DVD or in some cases Laserdisc. Yes. And we get exposed to some interesting ones, but not this time. This time they've decided we're going to watch 2015's Shark Exorcist. Oh, oh no. Oh no, the Shark Exorcist. So I had to watch the trailer for this, and I was like, what am I getting myself into with this? It's about a woman who gets possessed by Satan's pet shark. Yep, 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 it is. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> I'm familiar, at least at least familiar with this movie. Don went, okay, and, Chris, and I'm telling this to Chris because he's coming with me also. He's like, the shit I do for you. Yeah, he does. Chris, Chris uh, the producer Chris just... This is not his wheelhouse necessarily, <laughs> but he uh, he condones a lot for yeah. and I would say for this show in quotes, it's not for the show. It's just yeah. the people that we are. It's just the person that you are. It's just the person that I am. God love him. Chris mm-hmm. is a bitch. Chris has been with us for five years putting up you, with shit. So, you know, you know what he does condone? Aline, like me? No, no. <laughs> No, he does condone Coca-Cola, Zero Sugar, Ultimate Audition. But no, you know what? I think I need to sing that as Aaron Neville this time. Coca-Cola, Zero Sugar, Ultimate Audition. On the Blue Bayou. Did you just decide to just take the the Linda Ronstadt Laura Ronstadt? Coca Cola, tell it like it is. Like, you know what? I'm just gonna take this off ramp to Linda Ronstadt. <laughs> so speaking of taking an off ramp, uh, originally speaking of Linda Ronstadt. <laughs> Originally this month, so so we're doing pre-mutos again with our friend Courtney, yes. and we're also doing, good God, the gay deceivers again, thanks to that. Uh, 
However, one of the movies it shows for us, we can't do because of the availability of it. And that is Picnic at Hanging Rock, to which our response was, why can't that be with the gay deceivers? Right. <laughs> I would like, gladly figure out a way to watch Picnic at Hanging Rock if I didn't have to watch Gay Deceivers again. Because it's like, Gay Deceivers, oh, that's on Tubi. It's on Tubi. We can watch it on Tubi now. Picnic and Hanging Rock, it's like, no, you either need to buy the Criterion Collection version of it, or you need to buy it here, or buy it there. It's not streaming. So I'm like, fine, take away the good movie from us. I love Tubi till my dying day. This is the one time they've wronged me. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, So in this episode, we're going to actually be discussing about the film that's replacing Picnic and Hanging Rock. We are ecstatic, by the way. About and this. it's it, well, it's honestly, it's it's prophetic and it's also appropriate. Uh, so we ran the wheel again, and of course we're in fear. We're like, God, no, no terror of tiny town, no dot in the kangaroo, please, no nothing. But it did us good. We are going back to where it all began. We are going to be reexamining Vanilla Sky. I'm no, sorry, we're not. Sky. <laughs> no, we're not. God, no, we're not. Good God, no, we're not. Yes, we're going to be reviewing uh, Tom Cruise and Penelope Cruz and and um, um, all the We're doing eyes like, wide shut. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're going to be we're going to we're going to be looking at the movie where um, Tom Cruise is. Uh, no, we're not. We're not no, doing it. No, we're not. Uh, no. <laughs> Cameron Diaz has a meltdown. No. Um, no, we're doing we're doing Liquid Sky, which was our very first film that we ever did on this yes. show. So we are literally going back five years ago to the very the reason beginning. that this show exists. Yes. Boy, do you know any weird, super culty movies I could watch? I sure do. Oh, what is it? Liquid Sky. Holy shit, this movie's insane. We should do a show about it. Here we are, five years later. <laughs> so and, I gotta ask. Yeah. Because this is our this is the this is the five year anniversary of this show. Yes, this it is. is it. Like we have we have made it five years. Of all of the movies, all the experiences that we have had doing this show, mm-hmm. what Give me, give me like some highlights, just, just like off the top of your head, just you know, things that we've, things that we've experienced, things that have happened, you know, unexpected things, just things that really have stuck with you about that five years. Oh well, first of all, um, the introduction of the term "ropey." Yeah, with, that's good. With, <laughs> with the kindred. Yeah, that was a real uh, good one. That was a good and- one. And the thing is, is with now that they have the restored version of the Kindred out on Blu-ray and seeing it restored where it's not all grin, where it's not the grunged up VHS version we watch, it's more ropey restored. (laughs) Yeah, release the ropey cut. (laughs) I'm like, you really see the tentacles going into that woman's nostril (laughs) and into the epidermis, under the epidermis into her brain. I'm like... Oh, this is more disturbing. Cleaned up. Oh my god. Um, that definitely stands out. Of course, Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park. Yeah. Uh, us discovering the magic that is twice dead. Yeah, I was good. That was my number one for sure. Uh, like when I was thinking back on it, like twice dead has to be the number one thing for me. Just out of nowhere, finding that movie based on the director alone, and then just our minds being blown <laughs> i mean the, the fact that you know immediately when shout factory announced a special limited edition pressing on blu-ray i was like day one <laughs> that's mine um god what are some other, oh us needing to take silkwood showers after watching the terror of tiny town oh uh, uh with that whole like jean benet ramsey-esque moment with the Miss Kitty, who you know is a grown adult, but looks and sounds seven, singing sure. the Come Stick It In Me song, basically. Ugh. Um, Ugh. <laughs> um, what is it? Oh, 
me me hearing you react to the what the fuckness that is Pink Lady and Jeff. Oh, I think oh is another great moment. Because um, you were just like, what the hell am I watching? What what peyote did I take <laughs> with this show? What the hell? Hmm. Uh, this one definitely that we're reviewing, Liquid Sky, because it introduced the phrase delicious, delicious to yeah. our vernacular. Uh, you introducing me to Bad Ben. Definitely. Oh yeah, you were so resistant to Bad and Ben. That's become beginning. one of my favorite films we've watched on here. It's Bad Ben. <laughs> I'm glad. I, in all seriousness, if I have achieved nothing else on this show, introducing <laughs> you to Bad Ben and Chris to Bad Ben for that matter, like no, just stick, just wait, just wait, Chris, till he's in the kitchen and he's on the phone. Just wait. <laughs> First, I knew what buyer beware sounds like. Do you know what fuck you, you means? You know what fuck you means? God damn it. God damn it. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I those are definitely moments that, that stick out. Oh, and us reacting to chucking rats. Oh. For rats Night yeah, of Terror. That's a good one. Uh, especially when the guy is on fire and they're like, we're just going to drop this rat on top of your head while you're wearing the fire suit. Here you go. Fuck the rat. Uh, <laughs> it's very, it's very good. It's what about you? So good. Oh, is, no, for me, it's for twice dead for sure. You know, as evidenced by the giant German twice dead one sheet poster that I have <laughs> behind me that I bought. Um, honestly, for me, it's a lo- there's a lot of non-show show related stuff. Like, through this show, I really figured out what, what like vinegar syndrome was. Yeah, started buying movies. Like I knew what Shout Factory was before the show, but I didn't. I didn't follow them and and the importance of for for reasons we literally just discussed when we talked about um, when we talked about uh, Picnic at Hanging Rock. The importance of physical media mm-hmm. in in what we do and what we love. You know, all of those things, I, I those came out of this show. Like, I don't think I would have I, I would have continued to try to find the weirdest movies I could and watch them on streaming services, but I wouldn't have known about a lot or how to preserve them for myself. Um, those are important to me. Uh, Twice Dead is important to me. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, everybody, <laughs> one of my favorite uh not cathartic experiences, but Schadenfreudian experiences that we have is that when we end up with a movie that's really like dark and serious that we have to watch. Yeah. Like they shoot horses, don't they? Or yeah. <laughs> like, just like Jesus. Okay. Like, uh, all right. We got to watch nightmare. it. Cause it's art shit. Like, or, or like summer camp nightmare. But it's like, Oh, uh, here's our friend, Samantha Newer getting raped on film. Okay. Yeah, like, um, oh, I guess like like you know like those experiences for me are very very like like schadenfreude but but funny in their own way um just the experience like we how many movies have we done too many two a month uh well I've lost count I mean it started off with one a month yeah and now it's exploded to two a month maybe three yeah depending on the month like you know um I'll tell you the one. I'll tell you the one for me. The the big one for me that you didn't mention that I'll mention is the joy that we experienced getting to talk together about the Paul Lind Halloween special. Oh God, that, yes. That was that was fantastic. Um, and of course, we can't forget our connection with Lloyd Kaufman because of the show, which just came out of yeah. nowhere. Um. The joy of discovering the good exorcist. Uh, <laughs> the good of just discovering in a big way Josh through Josh, the show. Yeah. You know, getting I mean, to watch Greywood's plot, getting to watch Good Exorcist, getting to talk to him about those things. Mm-hmm. Like this show has been amazing. Like the last five years have been astounding. I hope we get to do five more. I, um, so too. I certainly have some movies for it that I keep taunting you with <laughs> that I'm not going to tell you what they are. One of them in particular I am 
so thrilled that when I have the next opportunity for an unplanned month to drop this in your lap, I just cannot wait. <laughs> it's so good. I cannot wait. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man, I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, you should be. No, you shouldn't. You are going to be over the moon when you get that when you get it. So don't be scared. You are going to be very excited. <laughs> So I gotta ask, uh, when's the last time you've seen uh, Liquid Sky? Oh, it it was the it was when we watched it. I haven't when watched, watched it, since. it. I have it from Vinegar was, Syndrome on Blue. I was gonna say, do you have the Vinegar Syndrome edition? Yeah, yeah, I have it, but I I, I haven't I haven't watched it since that. Um, I don't remember a whole lot. We've watched a lot since the first movie we watched, and a lot of it has been lodged in my brain permanently. I, I, re- I just thought of another moment that I love, and it has to actually deal with Lacey. I, I can't oh. I, I can't remember what film it was you guys were watching, but this is like you pointed out uh, this show, not only what it's done to you, but what it's done to Lacey, because it was <laughs> some movie where they had something on their face. I can't remember what it was. Them dots. The Apple. Uh, yeah. yeah. The Apple well, was no. another one. My love of, of weird canon style musicals came out of this damn but show it, now. But it I can't wasn't stop even, watching them. <laughs> It wasn't even the Apple. It was some movie that we watched after the Apple. It's like been some time since after we watched the Apple, and they had something weird on your face, and Lacey saw it and said, oh, is that their BIM mark? Was it rats? It might have been rats. It might have been rats. There's a lot of shit going on in rats. <laughs> I seem to remember something happening with rats. So that just shows the effect that the show has had. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it sure does. It sure does. <laughs> yeah, I, I've exposed you to like some of the gayest shit on this show. Also with with can't stop the music and um, this show, Roy. I, <laughs> I I don't know why I'm doing Christopher Walken now, but I am. Um, <laughs> made me more comfortable with my own sexuality. <laughs> like it's amazing it, what Skate Town USA can do to one it, soul. It, hey, you take your belt off. And you start whipping it around your head, and I'm like, wait, I I guess it's time for me to, to finally admit that I'm bi after all this time. Because <laughs> Patrick Patrick's, Swayze in a role that you cannot believe. Because I watched, uh, because I watched, was it, what was the, was it Rock and Roll, the animated one? Yes. Yeah, because I watched that. Um, that's what made me, that's what made me finally come out. No, my, it's just, my name is Mark. I just have a safe space to think and talk about it. And, you know, that's great. Like, feel feel good about that. Feel good about a lot of things involved and, in this. So, And unfortunately, one of the movies we have to watch again is The Gate Deceivers. Is- yeah, that doesn't make me feel good. That one doesn't. <laughs> well, it, like I said, it could be worse. It could be Dot and the Kangaroo. It could be... Um, uh, Terror of Tiny Town, or it could be, uh, God, what, oh, Mother Goose Rock and Rhyme. I just, some of the ones that have were just really painful. I've noticed that the majority of the ones that were the most painful to watch were the children's movies. Did you oh, notice yeah. that too? Oh, for sure. Yeah, those were the ones, with the exception of that one animated one that Rick chose for us, The Twelve Tasks of Asterix. That was yeah. actually. But the majority of the films that were children's films were just – I even Animal Olympics uh, <laughs> just kind of made us feel uncomfortable. I mean, we've joked about how, you know, when it comes to furry porn about stuff, but Animal Olympics really does, with the cheetah tits, <laughs> emphasize – I, this is why people are furries because look look at her she's yeah, just she, they, they literally took the time to animate her tits bouncing as she jogged a lot of the stuff from the 80s a lot of the animated stuff from the 80s and 90s really really goes a long way to explain <laughs> why why furries exist why we have fetishes that exist today yes. when you have a when you have a cheetah woman running with bouncing tits and you have a goat man with a giant ass bulge in his shorts when that flops back and forth when you jog. What do you expect? 
Especially, <laughs> especially when someone who's like just beginning their sexuality sees and is like, oh, that goat man has a huge dick. You know, I mean, come on. That, that goat man has a huge dick. Uh, needs to be on some t-shirts. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's I'm still really a- mad I didn't buy the um, the Furry Nights mask when I saw it come up on um, <laughs> Mercari. Um, I know we haven't done that for this show, but I definitely watched it, and it's definitely exactly what you think it is. And we have talked at length about that show. Yes. about that movie on this show and i just saw i saw the mask like a month ago and i didn't buy it and i should have bought it just <laughs> to have it sitting in, in here staring at me while i record oh furry nights that's not shit on the butt plug yes it is don't don't <laughs> fucking don't jk rowling the butt plug shit man I'm you know su- what it is i'm surprised we haven't done that one on this show yet furry uh, we will we yeah. will we have to now. I mean, <laughs> we legendary into existence. It's legendary on this show. <laughs> it's the only movie I think that's legendary on this show that we never actually did. Mm-hmm. Like we talk about a lot of movies, but that movie on this show is like it's it's reached its own it's it's reached its own kind of legend, and well, we've never you, covered it, so we kind of have to. When you see a tail attached to a butt plug get ripped out of a guy and thrown against the wall, and the shit splatter that is left on the wall after they throw it on the wall, I mean, oh god, that was the moment <laughs> where I was just like, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Anyway, Liquid Sky. Uh, yeah. So, so the, I remember the first time that we watched Liquid Sky, the things we, we observed were um, just how bizarre it was that we had this horny Jewish woman who wanted to fuck the German and she eats all the shrimp. Sure. Um, sure. Of course, the phrase delicious, delicious. Uh, the, the fact that we get like extreme sports scissoring in the movie. <laughs> right. And the rhythm box. Rhythm box, of course. Rhythm box. Are the things that I remember. Oh, that and plus also just the way people die in this movie. I with the with the, the, the little dark crystal crystal shard getting stuck in their head. Um it just just the whole bizarreness of this thing. I mean this this we we made a cab we made a, a comment about how Liquid Sky and Repo Man would make, would make a great a, double feature oh. with each other because of how they just captured those moments of the eighties perfectly. And it'll be interesting to I, I haven't seen this since we we watched it also for the for the show for the first time. So it'll be interesting to revisit this one too. Yeah, I'm 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 really excited for this. Um like like you said, it's been it's been too long. It's time to go back to where it all began. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and see if we and see if we watch it. Here's the thing. We've we have more clinically. I know it doesn't seem like it on this show, but we have we have learned to watch movies more clinically than I think we did before. So mm-hmm. I'm curious what watching it now after hundreds of other movies that we've watched, like how we're going to if we're gonna see anything differently. Now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious about that. To see if yeah, we've learned funny. anything <laughs> in our time here. Well, we've learned that the right thing to say when we attend a barbecue is delicious, delicious. I mean, that we know for sure from this movie. But, um, yeah, it's going to be... I can't wait. You ready to dive into it? Yeah, let's go, man. I'm All ready. We'll be right back when we come back from re-experiencing Liquid Sky. I'm from Connecticut. 
again. Mayflower style. I was taught that my prince would come, and he would be a lawyer, and I would have his children. And on the weekends, we would barbecue. And all the other princes and their princesses would come. And they would say, delicious, delicious. Oh, how boring. Teach me. Are you afraid? You're right. Because they're all dead. All my teachers. Liquid Sky. Hi there, fun seekers. Are you looking for cinema that is absolutely 100% independently made, but also extremely unique and outside of the box? Well, look no further than Troma Pictures and the Troma Now streaming service. Watch.troma.com is your home for everything from Roy Kaufman and his band of very fun individuals. Everything from the Toxic Avenger and beyond at your fingertips. Only $4.99 a month, but your first 30 days are free. Did I say free? Yes, they're free. So what are you waiting for? Go to watch.troma.com and sign up. Also available on your Apple and Android devices, on the Roku stick, and also on the Fire Stick. Let's get freaky. Before we get into the films, I just want to say because I just got, I've just got to finish uh, wrapping up the Barbenheimer double feature. Do we? So, question. And uh-huh. I want to ask this, and I was going to ask it off air, but now we're on air. We are not members of SAG-AFTRA by any stretch of the imagination. Correct. We're not. But do we want to talk about those movies? Yes, because they are encouraged. I, I was because someone even asked that to uh, to to Nanny uh, Nanny Nanny Fran. Yeah, Danny Trejo. Um, yes, and they go she, to Danny Trejo for all yeah. of the Barbie. <laughs> and she said yes, continue supporting the movies and everything because she said that she's discovering that as I crack open a cold one for my uh, bros, there. Ribbon, ribbon, buddy. Yeah, I got. Was it a Lacroix? Uh, uh, no, it's a bubbly. Oh well, I guess. Lemon sorbet bubbly. I mean, we are talking about. Uh, liquid sky so i guess yeah. probably works yeah. i'm drinking i'm drinking for gay deceivers you're drinking for lemon sky so because yeah. if your is anything it's a gay yeah. deceiver i i didn't have on hand for me any coca-cola zero sugar ultimate edition are they paying so. us yet no <laughs> shit but no she's encouraging people to go see still go see stuff because she said that if uh we we don't go see movies that in in a in the way that the studios are thinking they're thinking, see, people don't want to see you. Yeah, I know. I'm she's just, like, yeah, she's got a point there. I'm just really, you know, as much as 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 much as we love the movies, I think we love the people that make them more. So I just yeah. want to be really careful with, you know, how we support them. So, so that, that's that's all. Yeah. That being said, Barbenheimer is probably one of the most unique double features to ever experience. Um because they're just such polar opposite movies. Yet they're not, because both films are deep as fuck. Um, <laughs> Don't I, spoil them for anyone, including me, because I have not <laughs> seen them yet. Because uh, with Oppenheimer, I, I... So, as you know, it's only been released in 20 IMAX 70 millimeter screens nationwide, because there's only 20 left that exists. Right, because Christopher Nolan burnt the rest of the grass. Yes. So Dallas is one of the 20 that got it. So I was, and so when I was able to get a ticket, they sold out so fast. When I was able to get a ticket, I got a ticket, but I'm in the third fucking row of IMAX. And so good. this is not like the AMC IMAX. This is true original IMAX. And so when the guy yeah. comes out and is explaining how big the screen is and how the speakers are, basically I'm like, so I'm about to get face fucked by science, basically. 
And sure enough, that's what the film was. You got face fucked by science hardcore uh, with this thing. Uh, it was it was pure uh, quantum physics lesson <laughs> meets history. I now know more about quantum physics than I ever thought I would in my entire life. You saw Scarecrow's dick as tall as like as tall as like a three story building. Pretty much, and yeah. I, it's an impressive piece of work. Uh, I saw the first Transformers <laughs> movie in one of those IMAX Oh my God. And it was an orgy of metal. It was, I could not. <laughs> because you can't see it all. Like, you you really can't. Like, you can only see, like, three quarters of the screen at any given time. So, like, I, you can't tell what's happening when that shit's transforming and they're transforming into each other while they're fighting. And it's just like, I I can't do this. Well, like, imagine witnessing the, the first ever nuclear explosion on a screen that big. And I don't know how the fuck... Yeah. Nicole Kidman Nolan is right. What? I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know how Christopher Nolan did it because there are no, there is no CGI in this movie whatsoever. It's all practical effects, and you can tell it's practical effects. And when they do the testing of the bomb, I'm thinking to myself, how the fuck did he do it? Because uh, it, it looks like a nuclear bomb went off, and complete with the sound design and the way the sound is for IMAX, yeah. It dick slapped you. It really did. It's, it's like it's like the the mushroom cloud took its dick out, walked up to you, and said, "Take it, bitch," and then walked away. Well, that's the best way to describe it. And I thought that's how the movie was going to end, but oh no! I mean, it, it, it's it's extensive. It's a damn good movie. It's Christopher Nolan's masterpiece. Um, if Robert Downey Jr. doesn't get an Oscar for this movie, there's something wrong with this world. I don't know. The fact that Christopher Nolan is, is on what was, I don't think he is anymore with the strike, but was on the circuit talking about how his one of his top five favorite movies is Talladega Nights, the, the Ballad of Ricky Bobby, <laughs> which of you can blow a nuclear bomb up in the theater. You're going to you're more that more of an explosion is the fact that Christopher Nolan was like quoting was quoting Talladega Nights in every interview is amazing to me. Like that, my mind is nobody. You could have, you could have told me anything, right? You could have told me Porky's, and I would have been like, oh okay, yeah, you know, no Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights out of he wants to climb somebody like a spider monkey. Out of all of the Will Ferrell movies. Out of all movies. You know, like if you would have said Stripes, yeah, it's it's a class, you know, it's a classic. He grew up with it, blah, blah, blah. No, Talladega Nights was like, he was in his 30s. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Also, the fact that I've been seeing a lot of TikToks of people going to the movies. And when, uh, speaking of Nicole Kidman, when Nicole Kidman gets up to, you know, is on the screen, everybody stands up, puts their hand over their heart and, and says it along with her. Oh yeah! Apparently, I found fantastic. out it's huge, and there's this yeah. cult following around it, and and especially in Southern California, I found it's out. So funny! It's, it's so, so funny. funny! I love it. So speaking of Will Ferrell, uh, the second half of Barbenheimer, Barbie, again, polar opposite of uh, Oppenheimer because Barbie's funnier than fuck. But at the same time, you don't expect Barbie to go as deep as it does. It goes deep. And if there are men in this world who get pissed off by this movie, you were meant to get pissed off by this movie because, boy, does it hold a fucking mirror to your face of just how toxic you are. Um, I I guess I should have expected it to be deep because it's Greta Gerwig. but But at the same time... I didn't expect a mainstream movie like this to go as deep as it did. Um, well, I actually, haven't. I haven't seen it, but I have heard the soundtrack. Oh, the soundtrack slaps! slaps yeah, so oh, hard. It's a great so, soundtrack. If I if if anything happens from this movie besides a bunch of Oscars, which I have a feeling is going to happen, bring back the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. 90-minute movies and soundtracks, like actual soundtracks. Like, I bought this. It's the most re- it's the most recent or, you know, like like 80s, 90s style soundtrack that I can think of, and it is so good. Like, Lizzo, so good. Lizzo's song is actually incorporated into the plot. Good. good. 
of the of the film. And I don't know how Lizzo's song goes on the soundtrack because I haven't heard the soundtrack yet. But I will let you know that whenever Lizzo is singing, it's actually coinciding with the rest of the dialogue and action of the film, and she's actually responding in song form uh, to everything that's, that's going. Dope. It's hilarious. It, it, it's like it's like. It's like watching audio commentary being sung by Lizzo of what's going on. It's great. That's awesome. Um, Ryan Gosling, who better get a guy. I mean, I loved Killian Murphy in Oppenheimer, but Ryan Gosling better get a fucking Oscar for this film because this is the greatest performance this man has ever given. He was just so over-the-top campy and hilarious and just nailed everything in this role. I mean, just every time he was on screen, it just stole everything. Just And not like going in out of his way to steal everything. He's just, it, he's just so fucking good in well, this role. And there's, a, there's a phenomenon with male actors that is happening right now. And I would point out, first of all, Ryan Gosling, second of all, Chris Pine, and third of all, Hugh Grant, where mm-hmm. they're just living their fucking best lives. Yeah. Like, like especially Chris Pine when he was doing this D&D movie, just living his best, like, on the circuit, having fun. You could tell. We talked about it on the show, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And Ryan, if you watch any of the press for this movie, loving it. Just enjoying every second of the time. Like, I think that it's that weird code that Ryan Riddles broke like five years ago where you could just do whatever the fuck you want and mm-hmm. be happy about doing it. And I think that people are suddenly recognizing it and stepping up and realizing that they can, they don't have to take roles that make them feel bad to, to, you know, to be the person that, that they need to be in Hollywood. And it's, it, it is very, very, very enjoyable to watch that transformation of these people. You know, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I can't wait to see both of them. Well, any, any scene in the movie between Ryan Gosling and Sim Yu Liu is just, <laughs> oh my God, just, I mean, the two of them, just the way, you, the chemistry between the two of them is hilarious. And Michael Sarah is just basically playing Michael Sarah in the movie. Yeah. Uh, did, you, but, did you hear the story of the Sim Liu thing? No. So he goes in for his audition, and I've watched a, an interview with him. Um because somebody asked if there was really any like competition between him and Gosling. And, and he was like, no, not really like fun, but he's like, he went in for his audition and he was like, and he's coming straight off of basically Shang-Chi. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and he's, and they're like, well, what can you do? Like, you know, what, what can, what can, can you be, you know, they're just having a conversation and he's like, well, I could do this and just does a backflip in the audition. And they're like, Oh, 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 okay. This is yes. And then, <laughs> I'll let you know that was the energy that Ken needs, that Ken has that, in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I mean, and then Ryan, I guess Ryan was there. mad because he can't do a backflip. Yeah, that's like in of, the in the audition, that that type of energy right there is what goes on between the two of them in the movie, and they amp it up, and it's so much fun to watch just watch them go at each other and nice. yeah, I just I don't want to give away too too much yeah. more of this yeah, movie because yeah, yeah. it's I mean. With with Barbie, it's magic. It's deep, it, it's it's deep and thought provoking, but it's magic at the same time. Where with Oppenheimer, it's deep and you get a fucking history lesson and uh, quantum physics lesson, whether you like it or not. Uh, and both films are just as equally engaging and entertaining. And yeah, I mean, I haven't seen summer movies like this in a long time. It's nice. very, very, very exciting. So Good. yeah, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't recommend both enough. Yeah, speak. I wonder, I wonder how this movie would play in a summer in 2023. Oh my god! <laughs> it would actually probably do okay. Honestly, <laughs> we're all broken people now, so it would probably do all right. Yeah, uh, two tickets for the film where the woman says she kills with her cunt. Yeah, yeah. Two, two tickets for the film where the woman blows herself. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting revisiting this movie for the for I mean because it actually has honestly been five years since I've seen this film actually. Um, so I have not. Yeah, it was seen the first this. movie we ever did. Yeah, so I hadn't seen this movie since we first covered it, and um, I 
forgot that opening soundtrack chorus. Just the, <laughs> it just carries through. The movie is the most discordant movie I've ever seen in my entire life. It's not it's not bad. It plays well for what it is, but it's just so like grating, you know? Like oh god. <laughs> and the visuals along with it are just so much. There's so much all the this movie is so much all the time. Yeah. That's what it is. It's, it's so t- much all the time and slow at the same time. Cause it's just like, it, it's basically very dreamy with the way that it's paced. But even though it is going in a dreamy pace, it's like the Stefan of early eighties movies. <laughs> it's, it's, it's liminal, but it, you don't know where you're going. Yeah. That's the thing. Like it's taking you somewhere. You're in a liminal space, but you don't go anywhere. Like, you really don't. I also forgot, if you go back and listen to the first uh, recording, how much shrimp that woman orders. Mm. I knew she ordered shrimp. She ordered so much shrimp. She ordered, I think, all the shrimp in New York City. Because she's just like, yes, I would like the spicy shrimp and the shrimp with pea pods and the jumbo shrimp and the fried shrimp. And when when she finished the order, producer Chris was like, and hold the shrimp. (laughs) <laughs> 86 shrimp please I mean and then you know for her to make her declaration I'm Jewish I was just like yet you're eating all the goddamn shrimp but it's like I, I said that to a Jewish friend of mine he's like oh you don't know us our modern Jews do you and I'm just like but this was 1982 I don't know how modern of a Jew she was to say, yeah, I'm Jewish, and I'm going to let this German dick in my vagina as I eat all the shrimp. Well, and the, the, the I, it struck me this time, and I don't know if I realized it last time, but no one, the only person in this entire movie that is likable is the scientist. Yes. That's it. There's no one else in this movie who's even remotely likable. Yeah, I mean, they're all just like... <sighs> Okay, they're here. You know, even our main character, I mean, she's such a bitch. She is. It's it's like she's like she wants to be women empowerment, but you're not coming off as women empowerment. You're coming off as a bitch. Her mom isn't that bad, I don't think. Her mom. Mm -hmm. I don't know, though. We don't get enough of her mom. Like, we only get her in that one scene where she runs into the scientist going up to the penthouse. Really? So, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This movie is... Roy, does it does it hold up for you? Like, compared to the last time, has it gotten better? Has it gotten worse? How do you feel? Um, about the same as I did five years ago, because this film is just such an odd tur- little... Turkish delight. It, uh, you know, it's. It, I, I guess the best way to describe it is like eating Turkish delight, especially if you grew up, you know, reading the Chronicles of Narnia. You're like, oh, so this is what he betrayed his family for. And then you finally try Turkish delight, and you're like, what was wrong with Edmund? <laughs> I will say the over the last five years, and and mo- and this is more societal than the movie, but. I will say that the uh, the trans narrative was really interesting to watch now. Mm-hmm. Like that part of the movie was was really interesting to watch. Um, the the rest just it's the same. It's the same. You know, men are awful. Trying to trying to coerce you into having sex or drug you into having sex all the time. Um, true. Um, let's see. Uh, your weird friend who's trying to basically. Uh, make you into a prostitute okay mm-hmm. awful um <laughs> just everybody is awful in this movie gay, Her gay professor men, gay men actually just want to have sex with themselves yes yeah the um the professor uh her her professor her art professor i guess is what he was oh, yes creepy like, yeah. creepy like you're wet get your hands off her young one you know i mean just, <laughs> The, um, I mean, the the Trieste on the art post post punk art scene in 
New York is still I like you said watching it again I do think it's a really good team up double feature for Repo Man mm-hmm. watch Repo Man second <laughs> so watch it first watch it second it's a better movie <laughs> I, I I will say revisiting this movie five years later the rhythm box oh, moment God. I think it's awfully too early to go that deep into the deep end with a film. <laughs> I, I mean, it established her character very well. You know, she's—I mean, to me, she's de- she's definitely deluded. It, uh, you know, she has delusions of grandeur about how famous she is when she's like, "Let's go to Berlin. Yeah. People love me in Berlin." And I'm like, "We'll do we'll that. We'll play out. We'll, 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 I have shows. I can play shows in Berlin." Doing that goddamn thing that you call music? Okay. I was like, when she's doing the improv one, when the teacher dies, she's like, you're dead. You're dead. And you're in your jungles. The jungles of hell. And you're dead, fucker. I'm like, that is the worst rap I've ever heard in my entire life. (laughs) Fat Five Freddy is going to walk up to you and bitch slap you for that. How dare, how dare in this year of 50 years in celebration of the birth of rap and hip-hop, do you attempt to try to do your own version of Rapture by Blondie in this moment? (laughs) I I did have to remind myself like four or five times of what the actual plot of the movie was. (laughs) (laughs) That there are aliens... (laughs) It's basically, it's it's basically the movie I Come in Peace with Dolph Lundgren, but um, but you know, art house where the aliens are gonna harvest your 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 brain sex drugs, and uh, and that's how they get off. Mm. So so they need you to have sex, and then they kill the person you're having sex with because it overloads their brain. Um, I did forget the gratuitous use of uh, infrared camera though oh yeah oh yeah infrared camera food definitely this is a movie and i think i might have said this the first time when i would go to the clubs in the late 90s and early 2000s this is definitely a movie that they would play like on the giant screen at the club oh yes because <laughs> it's just visuals like all it is is visuals yeah you don't really need a soundtrack for this movie it's all visuals i mean yeah, you don't even, even need a. I mean, trust me, you don't even need dialogue. It doesn't make sense anyway. No, it doesn't. And it's like at one point, I think we're like twenty minutes into the movie. Chris even asked, "There is a plot to this, right?" And but it's the, like they, it's like you don't really get a sense of what the true plot is until the scientist. Well, for, well, first we find the scientist and the art teacher talks about tracking the aliens, so we get that yes. part. But then we don't find out what is really going on. Until shrimp lady, right, and, and and German scientists are actually eating the shrimp, which is about an hour and ten minutes into this film, into an hour and a half movie. <laughs> yes, and then it's immediately greeted awkwardly by her trying to you know say stick it in. And yeah, at least, and by this point in the movie, by the way, she has killed at least two people by having sex with them, mm-hmm. and we don't know why they just yeah. die. <laughs> They just die. We don't understand. And then, of course, we, get, we also got the incredible monologue, the delicious, delicious monologue. Oh, still, so good. Still, that, mwah, chef's That kit. whole was, scene, it, by the way. She's putting the Dayglow paint on her face. <laughs> that scene from the photo, from the beginning of that photo shoot till the end is so insane. Yes. Like, it's David Lynch level, like, blue velvet insane. Like. <laughs> I'll tell you about her childhood. What is that scene? Like, <laughs> like that whole, that every, all of that happens at the same time. Yeah. Tacky. And the way they kept playing tacky over and over again, over the photos of her. And then it's like, I mean, it's very brave of the actress to show off her childhood photos I will say, yeah. though, at one point, that Indigo Girls hairdo that she had in that one phase with the awkward ponytail, I was just like, 
oh, I'm glad you cut that off. Yeah. Yeah. I did it's buy like the she, Indigo. It's like she couldn't decide if she wanted to have, like, the... It was a combination of of an Indigo Girls hairdo with a sophisticated sideways ponytail and Davy Crockett. Yeah. I did buy the 12-inch uh, vinyl Indigo Girls album, though, like last night. So that works for me. <laughs> into that oh no and just all of the all of the overtly gay tropes um when it comes to that scene Mm -hmm. you know with the with the makeup and the hairdressers and just the over the top nature of the whole thing um weird honestly because of the two movies that we're doing yeah like where's the coke where's where's the coke i i need the coke where's the cocaine I need the cocaine. That that was that was the basically the gay guy's driving force throughout this whole movie. Where where where's the cocaine? Can I get some money? Uh, I'm going downtown to get some cocaine. I, <laughs> I, even Chris was like, "Did they really do this much cocaine in the '80s?" That one guy did. <laughs> yes. He did. That one that one dude. Between him and Don and and, and, and Scarface. Yeah, they did yeah. all the cocaine. Lil, Lil Scarface between him and Lil Scarface. Yes, they did all the cocaine. Lil then, Lil Scarface trying to roofie this poor woman for like five minutes. Like, oh, you mean what happens if you order uh, Andrew McCarthy off of Toomey? Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I said to her. I was like, oh, you somebody ordered Andrew McCarthy off of Toomey. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's. <laughs> This kid. <laughs> Everybody in this movie was almost somebody. Almost Lady Gaga's in this movie. Almost. <laughs> God, there's so many Lady Gaga-esque <laughs> moments in this thing. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I mean, this movie isn't art pop. I don't know. It's art something. <laughs> <laughs> Chicken lady. Give me some cocaine. <laughs> Uh, everybody in this movie wants drugs so bad, so bad. <laughs> and then, and then when you know when everybody starts witnessing what's going on, all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, we we don't need this." What I love though was the the people from the magazine who set up the photo shoot the minute that uh, the death happened after she uh, gave basically after, gave herself head. Yeah. Um, right when that happened, the magazine people's like, "Let's go, let's get out of here." Yeah, we're out. <laughs> This is now officially too weird, even for us. Let's there's get out a, of here. There's a GGL on a performance across the street. I would prefer to be there. <laughs> it's like, let's, let, let's leave. Um, in, in fact, let's leave this whole entire genre and let, let's go. Let's go explore the stray cats. Let's do that. Yeah, let, yeah. It's it's time. Of, <laughs> Rockabilly's making a comeback. <laughs> let's go. Oh look, the go goes. Okay. Yeah, let's just go to Grace Jones's house. <laughs> this movie's a trip. It's still a trip. It, it really is. It, real, I, it is. And, it and is. Especially when you've got the, you know, the heroined out dance of death on the roof at the end of the film. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And and then the last, I, I mean, I have some arty theories about the end of this movie now that I didn't have before, which is like the, the coming to an understanding between your masculine and feminine sides. And that's how, you know, at the end of the movie, she ends up back in the club, but she's, um, you know, she's very Melanie Griffith's working girl at that point. <laughs> she's not, she's I thought, not, I you know. You're going to say Melanie Griffith and body double. That would be like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> she's very Melanie Griffith and overboard at that. Um, she's very. She's very Melody Griffith working girl at that point. Like she's very well put together. Her hair is better now. She went from her apartment where she had the heroin dance to the club, and in that in that time, she went in and got a, a full, you know, Vita Alsasun makeover. Like now she's in there. Like I, I have some really arty theories, but I don't think they're right. I don't think this movie knows what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to figure your movie out for you. Yeah. Liquid Sky. <laughs> oh, my God. Would you suggest five years on? I would, still, I, I would still suggest this one, yes, because 
I, it, I mean, for me, it is still one of those movies where somebody says, I've seen everything. You're like, oh, really? And you set them down and have them watch Liquid Sky. Yeah, it's the and, birth of this podcast. <laughs> yes. And I would have them watch it purely sober. No no yeah. drugs, no no booze, no nothing. Just let them experience, because you don't need it. This This movie is a drug experience in itself. It is. And I will warn you. If you do that with one of your friends, a year later you will have to watch *Terror of Tiny Town*. Yeah. You know, accept it into your own. It's your own risk. Accept it if you will. Uh, just know that we have seen the future, and the future is watching *Permutos* twice. Yes. So just and, know. And that. watching *Dot and the Kangaroo*. Oh. And uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Having to watch. They shoot horses, don't they? Not for fun. <laughs> Speaking of watching shit not for fun, August. Uh, <laughs> so for August, uh, we're doing another triple feature for August, and all three. Are movies, we though? Yes. And all three movies. Feature. Centered, yes, all three features are centered around the same exact subject matter i think this is the first time we're doing something like this where it's all within the same subject same franchise whatever yeah yeah um i, I think so we've had themes but yeah. this is beyond a theme yeah like, this isn't a theme so what we're doing is we've discovered just that i mean everyone talks about how there's so many movies and different um franchises and stuff but to be honest with you, right now the reigning king of there's just way too many goddamn movies in your franchise. Public domain franchises. Is Amityville. Yeah. So we're taking on the Amityville horror franchise. Uh, and we have sele- selected three. And one of the ones that inspired this was one that was just recently released called Amityville Emmanuel. Which is one of the three we're watching. Thank God this is only one hour and six minutes. Um, so Amityville Emmanuel. I'm so not, excited. It not only takes the Amityville horror story, but it combines it with the 1970s, early 80s soft core porn franchise Emmanuel. I've never been so excited in my life, Roy. I... But it gets better because it turns out that they revealed. That this entire movie, the script was 100% written with AI. Jesus. Chat Chat ID wrote the script for Amityville Emmanuel, and when you watch the trailer, it shows because it's like when she's with this guy, the guy's like, "Where's your bedroom?" and she goes, "East." <laughs> I want to thank Fangoria and the Chainsaw Awards for planning this fucking little nugget in Roy's head so that I have to watch these movies. <laughs> So, so we're doing Amityville Emmanuel, and since it's only an hour and six minutes, we're like, okay, what else do we want to look at in this? And we immediately both said at the same time, oh, we got to do Amityville in space. Yep. Which is probably yep. one of the most notorious titles of this franchise. And so we're like, okay, so we've got Amityville Emmanuel, we've got Emmanuel in, I mean, we've got Amityville in, Emmanuel in space. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, Make Emmanuel the new Amityville. I want to see. <laughs> I want to see uh, uh, um, uh, Emmanuel Ouija board. I want to see Emmanuel in space. I want to see Emmanuel of the corn. Let's go. Eman- Emmanuel the nun. Um, <laughs> insidious Emmanuel. Yeah. Emmanuel activity. Yes. Um, Terrifier Emmanuel. There we go. Emmanuel meets Art the Clown meets Emmanuel. Yes. Which is probably just Liquid Sky. Yes. So we are looking around and we're just like, okay, there's just so many of these movies. I mean, we almost went with Amityville Karen, Bill Karen. Almost went with Amityville Death Toilet. Yeah. Uh and we almost went with Amityville Clown House and Amityville in the Hood. But, I'm still leaning on Amityville in the Hood, by the way. I might watch it anyway. <laughs> but there was one that stuck out to us from 2015. 
not because of the title, but because of who stars in it. Yes. Yeah. So we're doing Amityville Emmanuel. Yes. Amityville in Space. Of course. And 2015's Amityville Death House starring Eric Roberts. <laughs> is this our first Eric Roberts movie? Yes. Is it? it that's is. almost impo- that's that's hard to believe. And oh, that's right. You didn't want to do that uh, that art movie that I wanted us to do that had Eric Roberts. <laughs> I still what, that's still on the list. Cat? That's still on the list, by the way. <laughs> it will happen. And what I love is the poster for Amityville Death House because it's like you're looking at the poster and it's this it's this big titty blonde woman with a spider's body, and <laughs> it looks like it, it basically it looks like um, uh, oh god what's her face um, anti-vax bitch um, Jenny McCarthy Jenny McCarthy yes looks like Jenny okay. McCarthy with a spider body coming at you. Uh, so the, the plot to Amityville Death House is after a young woman and her friends visit her sick grandma, they discover the right and the path of an ancient witch's wrath, which, of course, you know, has everything to do with Amityville horror. Yeah, um, sure. Amityville in space. Uh, the plot for this one is the curse of the infamous haunted murder house is exercised from Earth. And the ultimate battle against Amityville's evil moves to outer space. I didn't know you could exercise something from the Earth. Neither did I. And then for Amityville Emmanuel, in this supernatural erotic thriller, a group of friends is haunted by the ghost of a frightening serial killer who needs to murder even in the afterlife. Good. Great. Oh my god. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, it's on brand for us, so let's go. <laughs> so yes, for the month of August so, so for the month of August we are visiting the world of of Amityville. And what's great is a lot of these movies are on Tubi. So, yeah, oh, so most of them are on Tubi, yes. So I I think this is uh the first film where I mean the first episode also where one hundred percent of our films are Tubi. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you're right. So this is so. Even though we always, you know, we're we're always pushing, of course, for you know, trauma now on our show and everything. We're also going to be for the month of August putting Tubi in the spotlight. <laughs> Listen, it's our it's our fifth year. All stops. We're pulling out all the stops. All the Amityville movies. All the Tubi. All the trauma now. All the full moon features. All the Shutter. All the Scream Box. We're going in. Thomas the Tank Engine, November. Calling it now. <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine, November. Direct, direct to video knockoff Barbie movies. That's what we're doing in October. That Fuck Halloween. This is how we're doing it now. So just strap in, because uh, we're watching every episode of the show Dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this, is how, this is how it's going to be. We're broken now. We're just yeah. doing whatever. <laughs> Yeah, we're now absolutely broken. So, I mean, you got me. Well, I mean, you've gotten me watch a couple of things on Tubi that I can't believe I've watched. <laughs> uh, to be quite honest with you, uh, one of them Remember? being Titan- Titanic oh. Six Six Six. You liked it, as which much I as wound I did. up fucking liking because <laughs> it's so ridiculously stupid. I'm cracking up through the whole thing. I mean, especially when you've got the scene. Where the uh, original Titanic, which I'm like going, sure, it's one of the original escape boats from Titanic in pristine condition, goes crashing down on the woman who so obviously had more than enough time to move out of the fucking way. You want to buy a violin? (laughs) (laughs) This movie is so good. So good. Oh, my God. If I could count the number of insane movies I watched on, just go – we our show needs a letterbox number one. Um, <laughs> if our show had a letterbox, you could follow me on letterbox. I might put it in our one of our eight hundred um, social media profiles, um, <laughs> so that you could see the movies that I've watched. Um, because my my letterbox looks as insane as Liquid Sky. Like it's like oh you watched like these classic horror movies and then you watch titanic 666 and anaconda and 
anything I find. So weird. So weird. And there's going to be one thing that we're going to have to watch, I think, pretty soon on here is a documentary called Celebrity Exorcism, starring starring Jody Sweeten and Shark. No. What? Yes. Where they team up with a world famous exorcist to explore exorcism. Well, I, I think that's a good double feature with that other documentary we've been talking about watching that I still can't remember the pop star's name that no, goes and becomes a witch. Selena Gomez? No, Selena the Gomez, yes. Is it? Okay. okay. Yeah. No, no, Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato. Yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> still want to watch that one real bad. Yeah, that's just the stuff that's on Tubi is unbelievable. It's amazing. So, it's outstanding. It's, yeah. All righty, gang. Well, thank you so much for rejoining us as we revisited the very first film we ever watched on this show. And like I said, we got tons of stuff lined up for our fifth anniversary season. I the the revisiting of the Amityville horror movies is just it, it's nothing compared to what we've got planned here. No, I've got some bangers that Roy doesn't know about mm-hmm. that I've that I've that I've taunted him with, and he's going to be some, he is going to be happy. I have ruined his life in the past, but I really believe <laughs> I truly, honestly, this is not going to be a reeker. This is not going to be a, a beneath the water situation. This is, th- I've got, I've got some, I've got some bangers for you, Roy, for this year. So just strap in. We're going to, it's going to be fun. All righty. Well, again, thank you very much for listening to our episode and tune in next time. we got two more movies coming at you. Um, our next episode, we will be discussing the gay deceivers. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, anyway, guys, talk to y'all later. <laughs> <laughs>